find out what works best for the two of you, not what works best for everybody. It starts in the home and with your spouse and your kids and your family. Welcome to episode number 51 as we continue our conversation with the DePesquelles about health challenges, the pandemic challenges, and the love of family. Cue the music. Welcome to Loving Beyond the I Do Podcast. This power couple is building stronger marriages one day at a time. Talking about real issues on love, relationships, and marriage longevity. Let's break down the barriers and engage in healthy conversation with your hosts, Jason and Tina Marie. Take a seat and buckle up because things are about to get real. Hey, 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 welcome to the show. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Love and Beyond the I Do podcast. With your hosts, Jason and Tina Marie. That's me. And this week we have our special guests with us. We have Bob and Trisha De Pasquale. How's it going, guys? We are great. We are great. It's great to be on the show. Yeah, and young people are still a big part of our life. With Spoke Folk, the ministry we were just talking about recently, we're still bringing teenagers on that. You teach five and six-year-olds all the time. But there really was a lot of pressure. And so with my medical history, it's my fault that we can't. She's about as fertile, or at least was. I mean, you haven't been tested in a little while now, but she was about as fertile as you can get. The doctors were so excited she was so fertile when we were going to try to have kids. And so, I mean, this is a really long story. And I would be happy to share it, but in short, to get to the point, I had to do sperm making when I was 18 before I had chemotherapy. And so my oncologist told me, you got to do this because you're going to want to, you know, when you're 18, you're not right, thinking about right, it. Right, But we, I, my family went through quite an ordeal to be able to do the sperm banking. And because of the timing and it was, it was right after 9-11 in New York. And it's like I said, a long story, but so we did it. And then when we just realized that we couldn't have kids naturally because I wasn't fertile, we were going to do the sperm making. So then we had to go through in vitro fertilization to try to do it. And like I said, the doctor said, wow, we got all these eggs, you know, Mrs. DePasquale, you're extremely fertile. And it, and we were all, we were on this big high, like we were all excited because we had to do all this stuff and she had to get, take all these hormones and we had to do all this stuff to get her to, to, to be to ready pump out right. as eggs as possible for them to extract them mm-hmm. and then it ended up not working out we got this call from the doctor later that day we talked to them a couple times that day and they finally called us later that night like at night night not it was probably eight o'clock at night nine maybe even later they had been working for hours since they did the surgery to try to extract some sperm and from the from what was banked and it just didn't work and that was a really devastating yeah. time yeah. for us because we were on such a high and then we realized it just it wasn't going to work. And so, you know, the next, I don't know, it, it wasn't something that, you know, ruined our life or anything for the next period of time. But there's probably a couple of year period where it took us to get over that. Exactly. Really, I was really going to say that. Right. I right. And I that there was so much pressure at the beginning to when we were going to start a family. Like I remember it used to bother me when people would ask, like, when are you starting a family? And I'd be like, right. well, we started a family July 6, 2007 when we got married. You know, we are. Right. We are. Right. Exactly. Um, we definitely had to kind of switch gears and stuff. And, but even now still too, I think that there's people, when we tell our story, like we talk about it now, like you can ask us questions. We're fine. We've gotten over, you know, that hurdle, 
But but even now, still, sometimes just saying that we can't have kids, like that's not a good enough answer for people. I feel like, you know, so we automatically say something like, oh, well, we might, we might adopt or something, you know, we don't know yet. Right. You, you feel, know, right. You feel obligated to. Yeah. My advice for married or for couples, you know, newlyweds just starting out, like it's okay. You don't have to do what's considered the normal thing. Like know what, what's important for the two of you and your marriage is definitely going to have those highs and low points, but. And there was some conflict between us too, right? I mean, I don't know if it was because we disagreed so much on kids, not kids, in vitro, donor sperm, uh, adopting, fostering, whatever, but we had some personal yeah, conflict. I, could, I can imagine, I'm yeah. sure, because that's you're young and you don't yeah, know, that's, right, that's, and then you're on hard. this high, like you said, right. and then to be knocked down and then not to know what to do or where to go, and then you have this outside pressures from both families and friends so uh, it can only do that. Yeah. So I'm an only child. So my parents right now don't have grandkids. So they were disappointed. Mm-hmm. Her parents, their grandkids live in China, so they never see them. Right. I mean, I thought part of the reason why I was accepted into the family is because I didn't take her daughter to China. <laughs> right. I only took her to you Florida. weren't taking her across the country. Right. Yeah. So same time zone, believe it or not. And so that was something there too. And then when your family, I mean, your mom was pregnant five times, right? Yeah. My mom had a few stillbirths and okay. miscarriage. So there's this is some, this was certainly something to deal with in, in our family on both sides for different reasons. And so right. for a young couple, this you should you you really want to talk about that and think about you know what are your there's no right or wrong answer, but hey, like what's your vision of a family going right. forward? Right, right. Now I will say our families our families never made us feel guilty or you know, made us feel bad about you know for what happened. Like they were obviously very sad for us mm-hmm. and everything. But I can say now as a teacher, I have a tremendous amount of respect for couples who decide that they are not mature enough for kids or they, or they just don't want to have kids or go that route. I think that, I think as a couple, you need to figure out what is going to, to work best for you. You know, I've seen some really excellent examples of parenting as from a teacher standpoint. Right. But then I've also seen the worst of the, the worst. Absolute and, worst, absolutely. You know, and absolutely. So if there's a couple out there that just doesn't feel like having kids is, is the path for them, like all power to them for recognizing that before. And you they don't have to have kids right away so, either. I mean, I no. know some. I know a guy I used to work with. His him and his wife were forty, and they just had a kid. It's like the greatest thing in the world. That's cool. I mean, yeah, it, right? It, it all whatever works within your relationship. Right, that's right, the thing. Right. You can't you can't have societal pressure on you in your relationship, or you can't have society dictating, dictating. what you will or won't do because that adds extra pressure to the marriage. That's good. absolutely. And kids, add, add, kids add an additional strain on your relationship. Even though they're a blessing, yes, they do add an additional strain yes. for the rest of your life. It's yes. not just the first 18 years. It's always. <laughs> yes. you know, so. yeah. I have to tell you. I'm sure my parents would echo that. Like you said, you're on this high and it was devastating. And did it get to a point where there was blame? Or, or, yeah, and kind of how did you move forward, forward with that? Because I'm sure from the male's perspective, you're like, okay, well, it's because of me. How did that make you feel going forward and not being able to? I'm sure you, you know. You, I hope you didn't give you any blame or anything or. No. So she has never made me feel guilty, but I definitely have issues with this subject right. because I feel that way. I feel that it's my fault and I can joke about it in a, in a jovial type of way. And I can also be serious about it and it doesn't cause a problem. Mm-hmm. But in the back of my mind, I still I, I'm pretty I do feel kind of guilty that uh, it's kind of my fault. Right. And given that the other, like I said, the other challenges in her family that there have been with giving birth. So, but she's never made me feel that way. So I give her a lot of credit for that. I, for me, it was never, ever his fault. I would never blame him. He had cancer. He didn't, 
do something stupid. He didn't make some stupid choices or that led to it. It was nothing he could he could help. He overcame his disease and he he crushed it. You know, he did an Wonderful. excellent job. I would much rather have him. But then too, also, I mean, sure, maybe it was his end why we couldn't, you know, get pregnant. But who's to say that something wouldn't have happened while I was pregnant or, you know, like, so it's just, so for me, I just never, it was never a question about putting any blame on him because I I honestly don't have any blame towards him. I'm the type of person, I put a lot of pressure on myself for the, the few things that I think are really important to me. And so, you know, you're talking about how you don't have to have like the family, the perfect family doesn't necessarily have to have kids. But, you know, I would say I probably felt that way or still kind of think that it's something that I, that I haven't been able to do in my life. I've heard some women say that they enjoyed being pregnant mm-hmm. because it's, there's different feelings, there's different hormones. It's a part of life. But most women say, you know, giving birth is not exciting, you know, that, not the most, the greatest feeling thing in the world. But in the, but in the back of my mind, I feel kind of bad for her that, I mean, she has, she probably is, if, if it continues to go how we plan or, or how we've d- discussed, she's never going to get to experience pregnancy or birth. And I feel bad about that too, to be honest with you. Right. Yeah. I think you're putting too much blame on yourself though. Right. Really. Right. I mean, I listen, I, I think listen, that's, I think that's an added pressure from just from a, oh, from yeah, a males. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. But you had to first save your life so you can enjoy life and now heal you are with your wife. So it's just. It, it happens. I mean, yeah. you had to you had to fight to get here. We have to see know? the positive. Right. We have to see the positive. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. You know absolutely. because yeah. and I, you know, and I see him do that every day. I see him out there making a difference in the world and doing what he what he can to make that positive impact. And yeah, and, and that's perfect. And everybody's family is differently defined. Yep. Society again, that's those societal things, pressures that we put on ourselves, and we plant that seed in our mind and then it's hard when we can't do it but that's society's image like she said your family started you and her are a family so absolutely so kudos to you guys exactly and that's that's a huge crushing it crushing it for sure that's a huge thing to overcome and i really want to take my hats off to you guys because that's a blessing that you guys have so much love and, and faith in god to be able to overcome something like that because this is not a small thing. This is huge. And you guys are just handling it and dealing with it. So it just, it, it just, and I just met you guys and, and I could just feel the love and the warmth. And, and, I, it's, and that's just it's, good. It's also like understanding the biggest compromise. Why? Right? Like, you gonna if you're gonna compromise on the small things, it's the big things that really matter. And I think having you as a spouse is bigger than you know society's pressure of well, when are you gonna start a family? Right. So understanding where the love come comes from, and you know, having her to back you. And absolutely. <laughs> and, and I wanna I wanna touch on you know the impact because talk talk to me more about that because you have a you have a podcast. Speaking of impact, and what yes. else do you do? Because you do quite a few things. <laughs> I, I wear a couple different hats. I'm a bit of a scatterbrain. Uh, I think, and so I'll tell you what I do, and I think it would be appropriate to share a story of why these things mean a lot to both of us. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I, I do host a podcast called the Speaking of Impact Podcast, and it's really about people doing the things that they love and using their skills and things that they've been blessed with for positive change in the world. And we love talking with people who are super passionate about something and they're using their gifts to be able to chase that that dream. So that's what the podcast is about. And it actually, it came about because for five years, I was trying to start a podcast in my old, my, my old role. I recently resigned from my position. This is kind of crazy timing. 
at my old company and I had such a great time working there. I learned so much. I, I owe a lot to them. But because of the, the industry, the financial industry that we were in, I was a little restricted on what I could do. So I wasn't actually allowed to start a podcast for quite a while. And then with the whole pandemic and everything that happened last year, I was like, listen, I need a way to communicate with people. So maybe because of what's going on now, maybe I can I can I do this? And I was it was actually allowed. I was approved to do it, but I wasn't allowed to talk anything financial. Okay. And my initial reaction was, well, that's not going to be very helpful for my job. But I realized it wasn't really about that at all. People want to communicate about positive messages. And so we came up with the the show. Speaking of impact, we recorded about forty episodes now. It started last June, and it's been a tremendous, tremendous experience. And the support that I've got from her uh, along the way has been great. It's kind of been a dream of mine. And I don't, to be honest with you, I don't know where it's going, but it's been going well. And that's the podcast that we do. My my business partner and I started a an organization of our own, our own financial firm. And we provide modern financial management for purpose-driven families that want to make a positive impact. So my, my whole life is around this word impact. I'm, I got a book coming out soon too. And, and it's amazing. You know, I was one track mind for 12 years working, doing one thing. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden this entrepreneurial, like scatterbrained spirit has come out of me. So I appreciate you bringing those things up. Oh, it's, sure. it's funny. It seems as though, you know, you like, I spent my entire life doing, so you're no longer there, right? You quit. You're not working at your old yeah, job, I quit. but, it, I but quit. it's hard for you to even say it, right? You're like, Oh, I still can't say <laughs> So you still can't yeah. talk about it. <laughs> exactly. That is exactly what it is. And and I talk with one of my colleagues a lot and he's a type of he's a little bit different type of person. He's a little bit more of a well, conservative is not the right word, but he you know, he's not he doesn't want to take a leap like that. I mean, it was quite a risk for us to do this, but it feels so good, so freeing. Right. Like yes. I can't explain to you how that is. And and she supported me, but I know that that's not her personality. I mean, she's a tremendous she's tremendous at what she does and you know, I don't see you. No, this this is not a shot. I don't see you leaving your job as a kindergarten teacher to start your own school anytime soon. You know, you're in well, your I zone because you now started the new thing. <laughs> yeah. So, so we need your info. She, yeah. she has to have the impact. She has to have the right. She has to be grounded. And I and but I the, yeah. And and I no, saw your Instagram page. You, but you, if you she wanted to, kids. but if she wanted to, you would support her, right? Oh, absolutely. Because she supported me for longer than she even has known me. And I brought this up a minute ago because this story is super appropriate. And if you'll allow me a minute or two to tell it, I think you'll appreciate it. So we talked a little bit about my cancer and and I usually tell this story from a perspective of my own, really, because it's certainly appropriate. I think for her, it's the way she was supporting me through that time is really, really important. So when I was 18, I went up to college. And I don't know, I mean, Jason, you were an 18-year-old male at one point. And I don't know about you, but at that point, I felt invincible. I felt I could take on the world, right? Mm -hmm. Now now I know it's not the case at all. (laughs) But I I thought I was. So I was going up to Hofstra University in Long Island, New York. I was going to go back to Long Island where I was born in New York, where most of my family, all of my family is from. So it was a great experience. And I was in training camp for football, and they thought I had this groin injury. And, and one thing led to another and they were doing all these tests on me. And I was in the training room doing these silly exercises to try to rehab what I thought was this groin injury. And one day where now, when you go from high school to college, the, the training room is a completely different experience. Absolutely. Yes. Being like right. One or two students, right. And a few pieces of tape. It's like hundreds of people on the team, a whole staff, doctors. I mean, it's crazy. So and the workout I room is doing, like as big as your house. So you like have all this space to work out. And 
Yeah, exactly. Right. So it's five thirty, six o'clock in the morning before our first practice of the day. And I would be in there and I'm on a stool with three wheel, a three wheeled stool. And I'm shimmying across <laughs> from one end of the training room to the other. And it's like 25, 30 yards. It's a huge room. And I'm dodging people. And that's really part of the exercise. And it was really challenging. Like, believe it or not, it was really hard, especially when you had this injury. And so one day the trainer, God bless him, stands up and says, and, you know, it's a commotion in the morning, right? It kind of helps you wake up for practice at that early right. in the morning. Uh-huh. But it seemed like at this point, the whole room went silent, right? And Rick stands up. I don't know how the, the timing was impeccable. And he's like, Bobby, what, why are you still in here? Like, you need to get on the field. And when you're the 18 year old who thinks he's invincible and the trainer <laughs> calls you out, <laughs> you're like, oh man, like, this is, this is not cool. Well, and I, and I basically, I yelled at him. I was like, Rick, something is not right. I'm still, I can't, I can't even run. So he took me into another room. We had a private conversation. He actually sent me to the doctor. And so another series of tests. And my parents were supposed to come up for my first game on, it was, it was a Saturday, college football on a Saturday. They came up on a Thursday. I just got out of an appointment with the doctor. And in that appointment, he sat me down, 18-year-old by himself in a strange place. Bobby, you have cancer. Oh, wow. And I was like, whoa, this is crazy. So I, my parents call me from the car on their way back uh, on their way to my uncle's house where we were going to meet. And my mom's like, Oh, how'd it go? And I was like, I mean, I had to tell her, I had to tell her, you know, that I had cancer and she flips out and you can hear my dad in the background. like, Susan, what's going on? What's, you know, what's going yeah. on? So anyway, we get back to my uncle's house. Both of us, we meet there and we shed tears and cried and we were like, what are we going to do? So the next couple of days were like a blur, but on Saturday, so a couple of days later, we're at my, my uncle's house and his best friend comes over and he gives my parents his keys to their car, to his car. And he's like, listen, Bob, Susan, I can't imagine what you're going through. Your son is 18. He's diagnosed with cancer. You can have my car for as long as you need it, whatever you need. So they're like flabbergasted. They're like, I can't believe this guy's giving us his car. And he leaves like 15 minutes later. He wanted to go spend some time with his family. He said hi to my uncle. It's like, I got to go. So we have this car. The following week, we're going to need to go and take all these tests. Speaking of sperm baking, that's one of the things we had to do, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I took my first college class on that Monday. My oncologist said, you can't, mentally, you can't just do nothing. You have to stay engaged, right? Right. So I took my first college class, goes well. We went to a doctor, came back next day, Tuesday morning, go on my second ever college class. I come out of the class. I'm in the cafeteria right, right over there eating something for breakfast. And if you remember before we had flat screen TVs, we had those tube TVs mm-hmm. yep. square. Well, it's hanging from the corner up in the, you know, in the cafeteria there. And I'm watching the news and a plane comes around and hits the twin towers. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what is going on? So I call my dad. He's like, hey, you know, did you see what just happened? The plane hit the twin. I was like, yeah, I'm watching the news. And then bam, another one hits. And he's like, all right, you better come, you better come back to your uncle's house now. I don't know what's going on. So I hopped in the car. Took me nine hours to drive what would normally take 15 minutes. Wow. And I ran out of gas in my uncle's neighborhood. So we, and I, this whole time I'm watching the Twin Towers in the, I'm in New York now. So I can see in the very, very, very distance, I can see the smoking towers. And I, and I have a broadcast degree. And when I was in grad school, after I graduated, while we were engaged, I, I was studying broadcast journalism. So I have a broadcast journalism degree. I will never listen to nine straight hours of AM radio ever again in my life. <laughs> yeah, <I bet. laughs> 
Never. So we pushed the car into the, the driveway and we couldn't get a hold of my uncle. And he was supposed to fly back from Denver that night or that morning. And eventually he calls because well, my, my aunt was beside herself. And he's like, everything's okay, but we can't get a hold of Tim, his best friend. And it turns out Tim was in the tower, the guy who gave us the car, and he perished. Wow. And so once again, on this crazy high a couple of weeks before that, and all of a sudden, like the world's coming to an end. Tim lost his life. I've got cancer, 9-11 happened, all these things happened. And we had to go through all of this stuff. Well, I tell you this whole story because... I don't know how I got through all that, to be honest with you. I thought I was going to be the best cancer patient in the world, and I just powered through. Right. Uh, but it, didn't, it took me years to figure out that it wasn't just me, that there were other forces, and lots of prayer and family and support. Absolutely. But it turns out, so when Trisha and I were talking one night, and after 9 p.m. with three minutes, <laughs> with three it minutes. was probably like 2 in the morning, to be honest with you. This we're was by the time we were, to we were close to being engaged, I think. Like, we, we knew that we wanted to be with you. Yeah, it was, we were getting pretty serious at this point. And so we're talking, and she was telling me the story about how when she was in high school, when she was a, a junior in high school, she had a class with the, one of these teachers. And this teacher, early on in the school year, said, stood up in front of the class and was like, hey, class, you know, we're all, I really want you all to think about your future spouses. And it, we're, occasionally, we're going to pray for them. And then that was a little odd to hear, you know, your junior year of high school. Like I'm looking, everyone's kind of like not avoiding eye contact. Right. <laughs> you know, your future spouse, like, what is that? Like, I'm like hoping it wasn't the kid next to me that was picking his nose, right? <laughs> right. But, um, right. but yeah, so this teacher, Mr. Zill, my, my favorite teacher in high school, he, he said, you know, no, it's really important that you guys now start praying for your future spouse, even though you're nowhere near ready to get married or anything, but that's something that you should be thinking about. And so, so it was something that I started doing and I just, I didn't know what to pray for. I didn't know who I was praying for, but I would just pray that wherever he was, he was safe, he was happy and that he was healthy. And so when I was telling Bobby that story over the phone late one night, he kind of started asking more questions about it. And I said, well, wait, well, when was that? And I said, well, that would have been my junior year of high school, like that fall. And we did the math. We determined that that was when he was going through cancer. Wow. So How amazing. I didn't, I didn't know him at the time, didn't know anything about his life or what struggles he was going through. But but there I was able to, to pray for him, pray that he was healthy and happy and safe. And yep. So she was doing that and not even knowing me. So we're two years apart and I was a freshman in college. She was a junior in high school. And so, yeah. So the support that she's given me for all of my struggles and craziness over the years, whether it's me starting a business or even before she knew me when I was dealing with cancer. So she had to pray for really you so that you could become her future husband. See? Yeah. There, there, yeah. So it paid off. The powers yeah. of the universe. Well, right. with Jason and I, we always say there's one, one mind. That's we right. need the mind of God. There's just one, one God. Mind. And we, things that we think are crazy or unrelated, everything is always related. And, and because God knows, you know, it's always related somehow or intertwined with someone else. That's amazing. That's wonderful. It is wonderful. Mm -hmm. Great story. I, yeah, I bet I, she prays for you now, too. I, well, I wish the oh, Lord yeah. help me deal with him. Oh, yeah. She prays, she prays for me and probably herself, too. <laughs> yes. Lord, give me strength, right? Right, Trisha? Amen. <laughs> Amen. You got it. Okay. Well, so, yeah, that was a great, that was just, that was a, like a mind-blowing experience that night when we were talking. About I know. Experience. I can imagine. That's like mind-blowing right now. Yeah. Like, what are the yeah. odds, right? 
But that's kind no. of an odd conversation to have in, you know, junior year in high school, like pray for your future spouse. Like It was what our teacher was just very passionate about us and coming up with different ways, I think, to pray, different uh-huh. ways, different things to pray about. You know, I went to a, to a Christian school. And so that was prayer and in our faith, like that was daily conversations that we would have with our teachers. And so, yeah, I, I was able to tell him a few years back, we connected on Facebook, my teacher and I, and I was able to tell him that story oh, about wow. how his advice really paid off. And, and that was really cool. I think he went on to share that story then with his class that he was teaching like later that day. And so it was really neat to be able to thank him and to, and to tell him what a difference that that prayer had made for us. It's the little yeah, things, it's the little decisions. It's just those little things in life. You know, yeah. you never know how... Mm-hmm. That little thing, you know, ties into your life until it actually shows up some years That's later. That's amazing. That's yeah. wonderful. It is. Yeah. All right. I just, I look back at all those things that were supporting me. It's just, it's just amazing how I got through that time. And that was just like the icing on the cake, right? I mean, when we heard that story. So I appreciate you giving us an opportunity to share that. It was coming out. like you did, <laughs> We were going in that direction. I was like, I, we oh, no, that's this. wonderful. No, no, that's no, no, what no, I'm no, glad no. for sharing. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you shared that with us. That's definitely something that it's nice to know. I'm glad that you felt comfortable enough to share it with us. That was awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it, been a great time. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting, though, that everyone knows what they were doing and where they were at when 9-11 happened. I was dropping yeah. my daughter off at I was dropping my daughter off at preschool, preschool. preschool at mm-hmm. the daycare. And the first plane had hit and then I dropped her off and I came back. And then I went to, I was supposed to go to a client's place, but I ended up watching the television and then boom, the other one hit. It's like, so I'm just like, you know, like paralyzed, just kind of sitting there watching the television and we couldn't move. And then after that, you know, everything else happens. Kind of so. escalated. Yeah. 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 Everyone wow. knows. Yeah. And it's interesting. I mean, like you, you know, you were going through that all at the same time and that is just a lot to deal with. I was here at home. Yep. I was at home and my boys, they were actually they go to school just like a block away. So wow. we were in my <clears throat> at the time my sister was working for us. And we were here at the house because we work from home and we were watching it and listening and then after they were saying that it was a terrorist attack, then I was like, well maybe and then they were talking about, you know, letting the kids out, mm-hmm. sending kids home because they didn't know where the, you know, they, the conversation all these rumors and right, stuff the conversation was that it's an, it's going to be it's going to they're going to hit another big city. Right. So mm-hmm. so I, I kind of walked Yeah, I kind of walked through. I don't care if you were with me or not, but no. they're like in walking distance like you just there's yeah. a little gateway or whatever. So I went over to the school and there were parents picking up their kids. So we picked them up and we brought them home and I don't even think they understood what was going on. No. I think they, they may have been in second and third grade at that time. I think so. Yeah, so a first and second or something like that. So yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah, it was yeah, it was really crazy, and, and and we were thinking at that time like, what is the world coming to? Right. But now I look at what we're in now, and I'm like, well, this is what we were headed to. Like, how crazy is this pandemic, right? Yeah, uh, just, yeah. It's, almost 20 years since then too. It just it's crazy. It's, yeah. You know, <clears throat> this pandemic thing it's is is way worse because it's just it's it's affecting people prematurely that you know may have had a life expectancy of you know 80 90 years now they're gone at you know 37 47 27 it has affected so many lives unnecessarily it's just crazy yeah yeah but definitely different times no it's definitely different and you know us having this family that lives over in china we had a unique perspective on it too it's just amazing like 
the stories from different areas and it I, I can't believe here we are we're over a year and we're still, and we're still I, mean, what, I thought this yeah. would be over by the end of the year and last it, year yeah I thought, you, you know, guys are a little fall, bit, bit more open done. there in Florida you a little bit my actually my boys there they live there they're in Tallahassee mm-hmm. but they're here now for the time being yeah. since the pandemic but yeah. initially last year when they were there and everything was as normal and we're really worried here and we're like yeah. okay this is really happening and people are actually dying and not knowing i think that the biggest thing was not really understanding or not getting the information as to how to protect yourself what's causing it who is it going to affect who is it going to hit so some of the things like that and then some of the things you were hearing were really devastating and kind of scary so you know you were seeing pictures of people who were actually really suffering and not being able to breathe and you know and uh, seeing the death tolls go up and it was just, you know, crazy. And it still is crazy. So I can't wait to, this we have a new, over. we ha- yeah, we have a new norm. Yeah. Yeah. Just, so I need to get out of the house. <laughs> That's what I need to do. So, yeah. so, did they close the schools, Trisha? Did you come home for a while? And yeah, they, they did. Yes. So, I mean, it was a crazy time for us with our family from China. Like they were the first to shut down. And so, my family came here to stay with us because it, everything was still open at the time and the kids, they could play outside and everything here. So we had our family, family live with us for the first two months of the pandemic. My brother, my, my sister flew over here with their three kids. And then my brother-in-law was going to stay out there for a week or so to kind of wrap up some things. They've got pets and things like that okay. to kind of figure out plans with. And But then they, that was when airlines started pulling out of Shanghai. And so my brother-in-law decided to fly out the next day and he got on he was on the last delta flight out of shanghai here and so they were here with us for those first two months and then and i was still teaching teaching. i was still teaching like normal that was before we shut down here in the states and uh, and then when we shut down like you know you probably didn't even see that coming right so they were like oh we're shutting down so come here and we're fine and then next thing you go like wow we're shutting down yeah then we got shut down and then they got stuck they got stuck here. They got stuck in the States for seven and a half months. So they stayed here with us. They had a good friend of theirs who had a home over on the West coast of Florida that they rent out through Airbnb, you know, that kind of style. And they opened up that house to them. So then my family went over there for another two months to stay, not knowing, I mean, they probably had their flights changed 20 different times to try to get back to get back to where they live. Then they ended up going up to Michigan and staying with my mom. But yeah, so then it was just kind of crazy. So yeah, so my school, we like everybody else shut down. I finished the school year teaching virtually for my students, for my kindergartners, which not the easiest thing to do, kindergartners entertained online on Zoom. But, uh, but they rocked it. They did it. They did a great job. And then, but then the beginning of the school year, my, we, we opened and, but we gave parents the option to have their kids be virtual or in the classroom. And so I started the year with 20 kindergartners. I have 14 in the classroom and six virtual. I'm, I'm gaining another virtual students returning this coming week for me. So slowly we're starting to get back to normal, but I would want to say about half of the students at our school came back to campus when we first opened in August and they, the other half remained virtual. And so let, let, I give her a lot of credit cause it's like almost teaching two classes. I mean, she's putting in a lot of work to right. get the audio visuals ready. Plus getting the work prepared for the virtual students before to send it out to them beforehand. And let me just say that two month period. Now my sister and brother-in-law, they're both teachers. Mm. So, it was, and my mother-in-law, she was retired, but she's a teacher. So <laughs> four of them plus the three students 
and my mom was actually with us at the time. So there were nine of was that nine of us in the house, and at any given time there could easily be seven classrooms going on. It was the I mean it was incredible. Like every room in the house had a different student or teacher in it, and I was trying to get work done. And we we I mean it's all love. I mean we had a blast doing it, but it was pretty hectic there. For Somebody a while. was on Zoom at every single hour of the day because they were dealing, my sister and her brother and her husband, they were dealing with other students that got scattered across the world. And so they're trying to cater to their teaching. And so they would have classes in the middle of the night. I would have my stuff with my students in the morning. My nieces and nephew would have three different schedules with different Quite Zoom stressful, meetings. right? Quite. I mean, you know, I understand, you know, all in love, but I'm sure it was quite stressful. Yeah. How how did did that, so with her coming home and you guys like being together, but I guess it's a difference because she was busy. Right. You know, there were a lot of couples that were locked in and just had nothing nothing to do. So they were just like with each other, other. right, 24-7, and that kind of gets to be kind of stressful too. So with all of the chaos going on, did it put an extra strain on on you guys? Come on, be honest. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to say for sure, but with, it's interesting you say that, though. It's a different type of stress. It wasn't like it was just the two of us, like, okay, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? Like, <laughs> right. It, it was the total like opposite. It was, it was the total opposite. There was so much going on. In fact, I think there were a couple times where it was probably stressful because we weren't, like, communicating with each other because we were trying to help each other's family out. And right. we probably got into a couple of disagreements because we didn't talk about anything. Yeah, yeah. I would probably the biggest thing yeah it was just just trying to make it work um it was really i mean to say that it was stressful for us is an understatement compared to the stress that it was on my 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 sister and her family they left their home thinking they were going to be gone for two three weeks tops and it ended up being seven and a half months and and where they they couldn't get back so there was a huge amount of stress on their end and so I think for us just trying to make sure they had what they needed trying to help out with the kids trying to create before the lockdown here trying to give my sister and my brother-in-law the opportunity to go out the two of them just trying to help out in whatever way we could just yeah we sacrificed our relationships to help but looking back yeah we we i don't want to say we drew apart but we really i mean gosh when was the last time we had a date night just the two of us right 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 we talked about that too trisha's looking at we talked about that too trisha how men have to realize they have to share it's kind of hard, right? Yeah, we don't share. It, and, yeah. And, you know, we were, yeah, it's funny because no. I can relate. Like, even even without saying it, I can relate because I have, I'm the youngest. And I have three, three older, older sisters, sisters and mm-hmm. one brother. But I'm really close with my sisters. So Really close. <laughs> so it's like when Jason and I first got married, they were over here like all, all the, the time. time. Like every time I turned on the grill, everyone showed up. <laughs> So it's like it was the, the neighbors were wondering, like, how many of you guys actually live there? Right. Because my sisters were always here. And I think it got to a point with my sisters and their spouses with our spouses. They don't like to share too much. My sister would come home and say it was before, you know, cell phones were really popular. And she would come home and she would say, well, did it, who called me today or did anybody call me? And he, he goes, <laughs> yeah, the same people who call you every day, your sister 500 times, something like that. You know, oh, well, we're going over to my sister's house again. Like, yeah. can we just not see them? Right. And I'm like, well, that's my family, you know. Yeah. So, you know, well, you have the opposite. You know, you want to see your family. But I think men kind of get used to just us. Even though they're always with us, they don't want to share when other people want us to. Like, it's kind of hard. 
and it's not selfish. I don't know. It's kind of just kind of I don't know how I, they're made. I, I, <laughs> I like I like company, but not all the time. Now my sisters moved away, which yep. I'm really sad. They moved away, so yeah. I'm the only one left here in yeah. cold Illinois. Yeah, right. And so I'm like, well, my sister's gonna come, you know, next month, mm. and he's like. Why? I said, oh, is she staying here? <laughs> so, and he has me every single day. Yeah. 24 hours a day, but yet. It's like know. I pick up another wife when they come, so. Is that a headache? I won't say a <laughs> I, 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 will, I won't say a headache. It's just another wife. Yeah. Yeah, so, you're not a headache, yeah. baby. I don't know. Men, men, and it will, you know, family does put a strain in your relationship. Yeah. So, I guess. Good. I mean, I, I love my in-laws. I mean, if I needed anything or if we needed anything. They would be there to drop off a hat. So, I, so I, it's all in love, but so they still don't like love. to share. Right. So when we definitely been very blessed with amazing in-laws, I think on both ends. Like I can honestly say, like I love Bobby's parents. I love his family, his aunt, his aunts and uncles, cousins. Same goes. With, I, I would. I mean, yeah, I absolutely. Know. <laughs> I mean, I think we got some weirdos, but they're all. You, you should have didn't investigate before you said I do, right? You was like, that's your cousin who? He's a little weird. <laughs> no, to be honest with you, this is not, I mean, this is kind of funny, but I'm not even joking. I know that I am by far the strangest person in my family. So if she's with me, then I know she's not going to have a problem with the rest of the family. <laughs> right. Right? Yeah. I mean, she says it all the time. Like, I'm the strangest person that she knows. I have some quirky, quirky habits. And I know that. Like, even my dad, like, I definitely overheard you and my dad talking about me. Like, what did this weirdo do this time? <laughs> <laughs> right? This is, no, this is very accurate. Yes. So, anyway. That is funny. Yeah, your parents are probably shocked that you got someone so sane. They probably thought you were oh, going to get a really no. crazy, quirky wife, right? <laughs> my, my mom, when I told her that we were getting married, when was this? You know, I think it was when I was going to look for a ring. My mom actually came with me when I was going to shop for the ring that I got to, to propose to Trisha with. And that was a funny story, too, because a person at the jeweler thought that she was the one. And I'm like, no, 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 no that's not my <laughs> so that's another story. The funny, the, the interesting thing, though, was I remember my mom and I having this conversation and sure telling pretty much telling me that, listen, it's really, really good. Like, I really approve and love Trisha because I can tell that she's got the patience to deal with you and so many other. <laughs> And only a mom can say that. Absolutely. We totally know. Honest. We know. Yeah. And be totally honest. So, so yeah, our, our, I think our parents' reactions when, when they found out that we were going to be married was, was pretty supportive. So. Definitely. All so, right, Trisha. Do you all remember how your parents reacted when you guys were getting married? <laughs> oh, okay. So I, I'll start. <laughs> My mom loved her. My dad, it was indifferent. He didn't. It, it Dads was are just like they're, they they yeah. don't care. Dads really don't like, care. They're, if they're you're happy, with... I'm happy. But right. my mom, she loved Tina while we were dating. Everything was just wonderful, right? I said I was getting married. My mom didn't want to even be in the same room with Tina. Oh man. My great uncle had to talk to my mom and tell her to come back into the reception <laughs> at our well, after we got married. And, but and I think it was the opposite for my parents. Oh yeah, they love. Yeah, my I, mom was fine, but then my dad. Yeah, he he was not happy at all. No, oh no, he wasn't. So it was really? funny because at the reception, so they had a drinking area which was outside of where our room was. So they were both, my dad and his mom were outside at the bar drinking, mm -hmm. and it's so funny they didn't know each other, you know. So they, my dad had never really met his mom, so oh. they knew of each other but they had never really mm -hmm. talked or met. Right, and so 
they're at the bar saying he, he was upset. <laughs> he was like expressing to her that, you know, I don't understand, you know, why, why she's marrying him. And then little did he know, like, he's like, so they had knew of each other. Did he even know that was your mom? No. Because my, my mom looked like, my mom looked like it would have been Tina's mom. So everybody thought, especially when we moved into the house, that that was her mother. Like, no, that's, oh. that's, that's my so, mother. So, no, you know, just, just if my well, mom's th- sitting somewhere no, else, they, no one really see, knew. See, my dad doesn't live here. Right. My dad lives in Puerto Rico. So, okay. right, so okay. they're sitting there talking, and my mom, like, looks nothing like me. So it's just, yeah, so they wouldn't, he wouldn't have known. So he was telling her, you know, talking about it, and she goes, well, that's my son you're talking about. You know, so, <laughs> and I don't know. Yeah. So it was so funny. They were both out there drinking about us getting married. And, yeah. You know, so. But, oh, my um, God. But after that, now you know. But, but because my mom and dad weren't together, and they're, they're, they weren't married, and his parents weren't married. So. But the funny thing was, I think it was because my mom thought that she was going to lose me as a son, mm-hmm. more so than anything. It wasn't that she disliked Tina; she just was like, my my other sisters had married and moved on. Then I yeah. was going to marry and move on. And then she wouldn't really have anyone. Yeah, because right? he was the last one at home. I was so. the last one. I was the youngest. So once we, once we purchased a house, I had a I had a discussion with Tina. I was like, "Hey, I would like for Medea to move in with his us. mom." And she said, "Okay." And I was like, "You sure?" And she said, "Yes." Oh well, it was long before that. So yeah, no, we but, we had an apartment. Well, I'm saying long before your mom started liking me. Oh yeah, back, yeah. back oh, liking me. Oh yeah, that was because <laughs> the grandkids. When the grandkids right. came, then you know everything was right. So right. that only lasted what? Yeah, it so was we just had married in ninety one. So two and, years later. So right. two years later, she started liking because once she understands that she was not losing a son, but she was great and gaining a uh, daughter in law. Yeah. So yeah. things was like, okay, hey, this is great. And yeah, she went, came back around. Oh, yeah, she was, she was fine. And once she found out that, you know, I wasn't going to, you know, abandon her at all. And then once we sure. moved I in. Think, yeah, I think she really thought that, you oh, know, yeah, like most guys do, right. you kind of lose your son to right. the other family. Right. Yeah. And that That's was, a great way to look at it, though. She's gaining a daughter-in-law, not losing a son. Right. Yeah. 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 So for she us, really. Oh, no, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say, I think for us, you know, it kind of, well. For us, we were living with Bobby's mom for, you know, for a year and a half. So we got to taper. She got to kind of taper off of, you know, of having him. I am a mama's boy. So <laughs> so was I. So was I. Yes, so. yes, yes. A mother's boy. A mama's but, boy. But I and must I, say, once really, my think, once my mom moved in, she didn't side with me as much. She sided with Tina more than me, and I didn't understand that. So I'm like, if you're going to take sides, I'm the side you need to take. <laughs> Not Tina's. Yeah, so I think she was really worried at first that probably, again, she wasn't going to see him or whatever. But then mm-hmm. once we got married and a few months down the road, probably like, I don't know, eight months into it. Oh, yeah. Then she started coming around. Then when I got pregnant, he it was, was like, oh, my mom sent you some dinner. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like, we're okay, but we're not seeing each other. Like, he was still seeing her and everything. And, you know, we She's were like, cordial, but it wasn't like we were the best of friends. But, you know, that but then then we got back to ourselves once I got pregnant and, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. then the grandkids came and, and then every every all was forgiven. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and actually, I totally understand how she felt having boys. Yep. So when, yeah. once my boys grew up and started dating and then people would say, Tina, I don't think anybody's going to be good enough for your boys. And I was like, no, I don't think that's true. Yeah. But I totally understand from a mom's perspective with her son. Yeah, I kind of yeah. see that. Especially mama's boy. So, yeah, that's and that's how it happened. So, but she, she loved it. We're really blessed. Our families get along really well. Yep. 
Yeah, yeah we don't have any issues. Even though he wants me to himself, and I'm I sure do. my my sisters, my my brother-in-laws, they every time we get together, they always want them to themselves. I think they can only handle us a little bit at a time. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's just a you know, lot. How long are they going to be here? Yep. Three weeks, four weeks? No. So just a little bit at a time. That's true. Funny. So, so Funny. as we close it up, what is some advice that you would give couples? I don't want to say newlyweds or people have been married five or ten years, but what would the advice be that you could give someone that could help them through challenges that they may be facing? I would say find out what works best for the two of you, not what works best for everybody. Kind of how we talked before about learning how to argue. Like, if you need to go to bed angry, okay, do it. If that's what's going to help you guys the next day. It's so easy to hear advice from all these different people and then trying to do what everybody else is expecting of you but then it's not what's best for the two of you you know what i mean yes, yes. absolutely yes. wonderful wonderful advice yeah how about you bobby yeah i would say it's it's similar for me it's it's truly is communication and i was having a conversation with someone about this the other day and i realized that it kind of relates to everything going on in our world right now with the pandemic and you know social issues and political strife and all the things going on it's vitally important to understand other people's perspective and it starts in the home and with your spouse and your kids and your family it's understand what is relevant to them and what means the most to them that doesn't mean you have to agree every single time but you have to at least acknowledge that their perspective could potentially, and a lot of times it is different. And so communication will enable you to do that and be comfortable sharing, be comfortable sharing with each other what is most important. Wonderful. Even if even if you're concerned that it, that they may not agree. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good advice. Good advice. It has, it has definitely been a pleasure. Thank yes, you guys for Thank saying yes. Thank you so much for yes, saying yes. yes. So how about you tell us where we can get your podcast and any other information that you would like to share with our listeners? Absolutely. Well, first of all, Trisha Instagram is Mrs. DePasquale is her teacher page. So if you're a teacher or a parent who wants some cool, fun stuff to do with your kids. All right. Let's let's say that again and then spell everything out for us. It's yeah. Mrs. So M-R-S and then DePasquale, D-E-P-A-S-Q-U-A-L-E. Yeah. If you're looking for ways to engage your students, I love taking my students around the world and trips and imaginary trips to different countries. And so, yeah, so you can check that out if that's something you are interested in. Yep. You can check it out there. And then just about everything for me, podcast, blog is BobDePasquale.com, B-O-B-D-E-P-A-S. Q-U-A-L-E.com. You can find the Speaking of Impact podcast, the E-Impact blog, and that's all information there. And my company is initiateimpact.com is my my business. But check us out there. We're open. DMs are open all everywhere. We love talking to people. So thank thank you all for really honestly having us. And, and just, this has been really fun, honestly. It's been really good to go back and kind of think back to those days <laughs> and kind of what defined us. Like some of the questions you asked us were things that I have not thought about before and now i can see like wow yeah that's you know kind yeah, of this how is we got a, to where we are honestly this is like so. this is very cathartic <laughs> 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 Right. For, for us yeah, as well. You'd be yeah. surprised. You know, one of the things that Jason and I, I know we're closing this out. One of the things that Jason and I realized, like, we're taking a class right now. And you kind of just think things happen just because they happen. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, well, I think you really, I, you were attracted to me because, like, I'm a lot like your mom. You know, I right. think I, mm -hmm. you know, it, so it was just like really funny when we really think about it. I'm like, okay, she's 
kind of aggressive, kind of little a little spark like mm-hmm. I am. You know, she her birthday's in April like mine. You know, she's fair skinned like me. I'm like like your mom and and myself yeah. have we have a lot of qualities. And when I and because they were saying it was you know it's something in your past. Normally it's your caretaker. You marry your caretaker or like this of or some 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 variation in your life. something that something that you and, didn't and, and get as a child. You're looking for that in your partner right. as you get older. Yeah. And, and sure. we started talking, and I was like, now here it is. It's, we're working on 30 years here, right? And then we're just having this conversation now. And she's like, well, maybe. And I'm like, you know what? It's a possibility. All the traits that I like about you, like and, you know, have some issues. We don't, they're kind of <laughs> like my mom. <laughs> so, right. so and you know, because we like them in the beginning, and then after a while, it's like, right. okay, yeah, you're a little bit too strong. Or, um, or, or like, I was telling Jason, I said, I think you're a lot like my mom and not like my dad. So traits that drew me to him would be that what I liked about him is that he's kind of level-headed. He doesn't like to argue. He kind of sits back and just yeah, qualities. I, I, but then I, I told all him. I scenarios in my head. But then I asked him, I said, well, what is the main thing that I really don't like that you do, that, that I don't like about you? And he's like, that, I'm, that I don't speak up enough? And I'm like, exactly. Like, my mom was like that. So it's like, you know, if we start really analyzing some of the things that drew us to our mate, we can kind of draw similarities between our caregivers, our parents, and our mate that we really never thought of before. We just thought we picked this person just yeah. for the simple fact of picking them, right? Yeah. They, they it was a blind date anyway. Well, it wasn't really a blind date. No, we weren't nah. a blind date. No. We weren't a date at all. Yeah. <laughs> best so. friend from college was going to see her friend, and he's, her friend told my friend that she wouldn't be interested in me. So I said, uh-huh. I'm going. <laughs> I'm going to go over there, and I'm coming over there just to talk smack. <laughs> so... I'm like, I'm going to show her. I don't need her. And then we end up hitting it off, and then they end up breaking up. Uh, Taking the time to kind of think about things of our past that really kind of not only dictated our future, but kind of dictates who we are drawn to in a mate and, you know, those qualities that may resemble our families. And then, again, things that we do differently that add flavor, I guess, to the relationship, right? We won't say conflict. We'll add flavor to the right. relationship. Flavor. Yeah, like we it. got a lot of flavor. <laughs> so it's really been fun, though, guys. I yep. really do appreciate you guys taking the time out yes. and speaking with us. So that wraps up another episode of Love and Beyond the I Do podcast. And once again, we're, we're in, in it, it to win, win it. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Lovin' Beyond the I Do podcast. Head over to iTunes to subscribe and leave a review. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Legendary Relationship or visit our website at LegendaryRelationship.com. Till next time, remember to make every day count.